Welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I am Mike. Joining me are Seth. Hello. Craig. Hey. And Tori. That's me. Um, Tori, can I just say how much I still love the beep? I can be your own little R2 unit over here. Just I do not do not play with my emotions. And no, we are, and we are one hundred percent keeping the beep. Right. <laughs> so professional. Yeah, it's like a it's like, you know, it's your calling card. The the beep has absolutely grown on me, and given that yeah. the alternative <laughs> to the beep is that we miss the first word of everything she says. It's, it's yes, it's much better. Plus we we know we're about to learn something about proper pronunciation. That's correct. Um, all right, so good thing. Who wants to go first? Do, do, do. And then there's silence. All right, I'll do mine. Uh, so my good thing this week is the thing that I'm going to blame uh, not doing any editing yet on, uh-huh. which is RimWorld. Uh-huh. Um, RimWorld is a space colony simulation game. Uh, it's kind of in the same style as Dwarf Fortress, except that there are graphics and you can tell what's going on. Um, and the latest release uh, bumped it up from alpha to beta. It's It's been playable for freaking like a year, at least, uh, on Steam. And the next release, which should be happening sometime in the next probably month or so, uh, will be full 1.0 release version. Uh, hopefully accompanied by a sale on Steam, because I don't believe this game has ever gone on sale. But it's so good. It's so good. I have to say, my wife was one of the backers when it was originally hey, uh, nice. a project. So. Oh, so you've, you've seen RimWorld then? Of course I've seen it. Has my, can... my sister-in-law plays it. I have not played it yet, but I will eventually. Oh, you? I mean, you shouldn't, because then you won't get anything else done. But... You totally should. Mike, not all of us are you. Some of us can actually walk away from games occasionally. <laughs> okay, but you haven't played RimWorld. You know, I cannot argue with your logic. That is about as sound as I could ask. Um, so, Seth, do your do your good thing. Oh, okay, um, let's see here. It's kind of a toss-up, but I think I'll go with... I just finally got to watch um, Blade Runner 2049... And I have to say, I actually enjoyed that movie quite a bit. Um, all two hours and 45 minutes of it. Uh, it was an absolutely gorgeous movie. Um, a lot of the acting was spectacular. Um, and I have to say that I, I very much enjoyed uh, knocking out pretty much a quarter of my, my day there watching that movie. Nice. I still haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, solid. Um, would recommend. Okay. I'll have yeah. to rewatch the first one again to probably uh, yeah. go into it, but yeah. Uh you Good honestly believe, believe it or not, you really don't. <laughs> I uh, I don't even remember it. It was odd. Yeah, just just re- remember uh director's cut. Definitely definitely the director's cut. All right. Do no, I I did actually watch the the original and the new one back to back and I think it's pretty safe to say you don't need to watch the old one before you hop into the new one. You you can pretty much go straight into the good stuff. Wait, are you saying that the old one isn't the good stuff? Oh, oh, it's good. But yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I can hear an asterisk right there after oh, you said yeah. that. <laughs> a huge, I... like a six foot asterisk right there. Yeah. <laughs> is that um, how tall Harrison Ford is? 
probably. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Tori, why don't you why don't you give us your good thing, then? You know, my good thing for the week is actually um, the new Star Wars movie because I'm so uh, happy right now. I know, I know. <laughs> um, because I saw it again recently. I, I took my parents, and um, they they hadn't seen it yet. Uh, Matt and I went opening week, obviously, but. Uh, so I saw it again, and I felt like I got a lot more out of it the second time. There were a lot of things that um, just made more sense, and and I love the porgs. I know they're not to everybody. <laughs> they look so delicious. I adore them. They're so cute. Chewbacca agrees. <laughs> uh, you right. know, spo- spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the movie yet. When the Porg takes out the lightsaber, it's just, it's one of the most magical parts <laughs> of the movie. I know. And the part where it pilots the X-Wings. Just, no. Oh my God. I could not believe that. That was I, so I would say that the Porg lightsaber scene was even better than Yoda's lightsaber scene in uh, episode three. Oh man, that's uh, well, first of all, that was an episode. Aha, uh-huh, I see what you did there. Well, it's, it's 10 years <laughs> more of, of uh, technological advances. So, of course, it looks better. I just want to say that I, I want a Korg, a little a little plush one, like, like Beanie Baby size, but cute. And I haven't found one. The only um, cute I'm surprised. Korg merchandise I have found is the expensive electronic one that makes all the noise. I'm like, I don't need that. I just need a right. little plush porg that looks like the porgs in the movie I, i've seen well, little plush ones that look terrible and how I, is disney not on that i don't know um, i don't that's know a great question. well if you're if you're not super duper tied to it being a plush devin crochets i'm sure she could, i could talk her into finding a pattern and trying to make some porg if she can make it and, soft and cuddly and like look like the ones in the movie i'm all over that I'll uh I'll be in Orlando in April. If I see anything, I'll pick it up for you. Do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I won't be pretty much just neck deep in Star Wars the entire time I'm there. <laughs> You'll see some though, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, aren't they oh, reworking for sure. one of the parks to be basically like ninety percent Star Wars? Well, not ninety percent, but Hollywood <laughs> Studios, they are doing quite a bit of work over there. Yeah. Um, we did so, a mini vacation yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. It was actually, we were there two weeks after um, The Force Awakens opened. Nice. And they had so much stuff going on. And this was around Christmas time. They had so much stuff going on in Hollywood Studios that was all Star Wars. Like the fireworks show at the end of the night was pretty much all Star Wars themed. And it was amazing. And I can't wait to go back. Oh, I was lucky enough to actually have tickets to um, a little thing they did called the last flight to indoor. And uh, my wife got it for me for my birthday years ago, uh, right before they closed the old uh, space or star, uh, God, star tours ride. And before they opened the new one. And I I have to say that was, that was probably the coolest, um, the coolest fireworks thing I've ever seen over at Hollywood studios. They just, it was all Star Wars themed naturally uh, because it was a special event. Um, you know, cosplay as far as the eye could see. Um, it was it was really really cool. I wish they would do stuff like that more often. I'm I shouldn't be surprised, but I am slightly surprised Star Wars is still in theaters. 
It's been three months. Oh, is it still? Well, if Tori just saw it. Oh, that's a good point. I'm off Thursday. I know what I'm doing now. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, Craig, you're up next. What's your What's your good thing? Um. Well, so I guess I have a theme of always doing games. <laughs> uh, but I'll do a mobile game this time since that's nice. one of the only ones I play. Uh, is it, fi- is it uh, Candy Crush? Oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, well, we can edit that part out. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy Record Keeper for the past year now. Um, I like Final Fantasy, so of course I went to this one. And out of... I don't want to say there's a new one out now, Dissidia, which I've also been playing, but that's not the good thing for this week. The good thing for this week is Record Keeper, because I want to give shout-outs to that, since it's nice, it's complex, it's developed, and it's also pretty nice about giving you lots of free stuff that you don't have to spend money. I always appreciate when a developer doesn't shove the market down your throat. They're very nice and generous about giving you stuff for free that you never have to spend money. Oh my gosh, Craig, I am a day one player. Are you? See Record Keeper. That was almost my good thing for the week because of the um the Kingdom Hearts collaboration I know. going on right now where you can fly the gummy ship. And I really hope we get all of the awards so that I can get my Keyblade weapon on the game. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't see why not. Everyone usually dives into that. And I, I imagine it's it's especially exciting that we're getting stuff along with Japan. We don't have to wait six months for this. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. I should note that I'm actually downloading it as we speak. Nice. It, it's an yeah. awesome game. That was and a glowing endorsement. On how to play it, you talk to me because I have been playing it every day <laughs> yeah you can ask either of us questions i guess we'll have to compare notes tori i want to i'm curious what what your main teams are i oh, played it yes for a couple i would love of weeks to talk about that with you it didn't right, really everyone stay me. tuned uh everyone stay tuned to our next podcast it's going to be entirely about final fantasy record <laughs> i mean you guys are going to uh, have to do that one on your own because i'm i'm not equipped for it not equipped you don't he have a smartphone a, he is a nokia I have a smartphone and I played it for a few weeks. I just it didn't catch me. I am apparently mm. not its target audience. I guess. John the Unbeliever. It, it's funny. I actually started playing that way back around when it first came out, and it didn't take. I didn't take to it either. And then, like a year later, people were chatting about it or something, and I'm like, you know what? I'll check it out again. And that's when everything existed. And I'm like, this is this is so much fun. There's so much to do now. So. All right. Um, so I should probably watch the movie here, right? The I don't want to skip the movie. Well, don't do it. Now. We are in the middle. Okay, back to okay. work. We're you done. Cannot, you thing. cannot bring up a mobile game I can download on my phone. You can play the... after you chat. Oh, yeah. Mike hasn't even edited a single one of the episodes yet. <laughs> Phones away. So why don't podcast. you give us your summary of the uh, chapter, Seth? Oh God. Okay, hold on. I will put I mean, it in my desk, and you can have it back at the end. thank you sir okay um let's see i ran into a little bit of uh of the same issue we had last week but i i read it through a couple of times this time uh just to try to draw out as much as i possibly could but um 
I have to say, Raiden actually might be might be edging out Serene, at least right now, um, finally taking over the number one spot for me, uh, just because I really like how he is, or at least seems to be thus far approaching, uh, gathering up a bit of a following uh, to go do things at a later time. Let me break in um, really quick. And yeah. This is chapters seven through nine that we're covering. Correct. Yes, indeed. Um, I should also say that I really felt like these chapters were longer than the last ones because I budgeted about the same amount of time and uh, definitely felt like it took longer. But also, I might be losing the ability to read, so it could go either way, I suppose. But I I very much enjoy watching, well, reading about Raiden... Uh, learning about aeons and how surprisingly easy it is to at least, well, draw pretty pictures in the air, I suppose. Um, it was kind of a, a nice departure from other things I've read in the past where it's like, well, 12 years later, he finally mastered, uh, you know. So it was kind of neat to, to learn that this is a relatively simple thing. And I'm curious to see where it's going to go from there. I... I very much enjoyed watching, again, not watching, uh, but reading about how he uh, he goes and slightly cons that one guy into uh, who just got thrown into Elantris, into uh, to running away and and become. Oh, I mean, they're just making shoes and stuff. <laughs> so, Marisha, uh, I believe, is Tori. If you want to correct the pronunciation there. Did they say, did they, I absolutely missed them saying his name. So They thank totally you very much for do. That. Yeah, absolutely missed that. So that one's, compl- that one's on me. Uh, I guess I'll have to read it a third time because my reading comprehension has uh, taken a nosedive. But uh, then off to things with Serene. Um, well, why don't you actually give us a proper summary of what happened? Okay, all right. Well, um, Raiden and... God, Galadon. I didn't bring my nose this time. Oh, you're killing me, man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Raiden and Galadon are pretty much hanging out in Galadon's basement, I guess, uh, or his the house that he is hanging out in. And they are they've decided that they're going to both read through all of the books to try to find the uh, what's the word secret. Ah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to. Yeah, I guess that's the the most that's. Probably closer than anything I could have come up with right now. But yeah, the, the secret to how all of this uh, this works. And then all of a the sudden, there is a star wipe. And uh, we need to go and run out to... Um, Raiden then has an idea that he's going to go uh, try to execute. And none of that is told to us. And we kind of get to watch it on the fly. Where he then... What was the guy's name again? The the new guy? Marishi. Marishi. Uh, so Which then I, I might uh, be butchering the pronunciation on there. That's okay. I didn't even remember seeing his name. So I no, can't you say got anything. it right. It's fine. Cool. Thank you, Tori. <laughs> and so he, uh, as Marishi is, is then set loose into Elantris, he goes and basically tells him that follow me or those people in the shadows over there are going to, um, mess you up a little bit and so then they 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 run off and we learn a little bit about i guess a little bit more about how 
the shield uh, affects them. There goes on about how he doesn't get winded, but he does start to feel fatigue as he's running. Um, but apparently also your physical fitness prior to being put in seems to play some effect because the other two apparently outrun him fairly easily. But uh, then they, they go on. We get to see a little fun action sequence where they run up the stairs almost falling and then uh, Raiden knocks the stairs down so that they cannot be pursued further. And uh, then, yeah, then we, we hang out and now it's going to rain and um, everyone and, you know, new guy's going to make shoes. So yay, yay for shoes. <laughs> That's... And and thus endeth the chapter. All right, Serene's chapter, which actually was page count wise um, about as long as both of the other two put together. Yeah, seriously, right? Um, I, as I got to the end of that, I'm like, oh god, I am not going to finish this uh, this second read through on time. So got to got to see a little bit of fun stuff from her. I very much enjoyed reading about the um, <laughs> her trying to paint in the throne room. I actually chuckled at that a little bit. Um, and even more distaste for the king at this point. And very much, again, looking forward to his inevitable downfall. And let's see. In this in this chapter, we get to learn... Well, let's see. Trying to, trying to go through everything in my head, because it really was... There was just a lot of, uh, of exposition and... And whatnot, but uh, we get to learn that the the niece or not the niece the the cousin the um, the young girl whose name escapes me at the moment. Anyone uh, starts with the K. Tori. Hold on, I'm looking it up. The I K- always I pronounced s- it Case, but yeah. K- what what'd you say, Tori? K ice. K ice. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, that's uh, a K-ice. name. It's Case. That is a mouthful. <laughs> It's like, what, five letters long or something? <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? Uh, but yeah, K.I.S. Uh, is a is wicked smart, um, knows four or five languages, and I'm thinking that may or may not come into play later. Uh, there's a, a good deal of discussion about the, well, how ill-equipped the king really is at ruling um, more of a merchant than a ruler all that stuff and then we go into um, a, a nice family family luncheon that then leads over to Elantris where she gets to watch um, oh there was a really neat thing there um, it was with uh, Hrath oh god I'm doing it again Hrathen 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 um, where she, she the, the, I have to say of everything I read in all three chapters, this part I enjoyed the most where they were kind of going back and forth where he was preaching, she was countering, um, and also trying to play dumb at the same time, which really just showed the intelligence of the character. Um, I, I just enjoyed the crap out of that. So it's, uh, and then ultimately she, she wins the verbal battle and, he kind of gives a little little nod of, uh, you know, you have won this round, and uh, and then we're we're more or less off to to the to the next chapter, of which basically nothing happens. 
So uh, it's just uh, Hrathen, um Was it Diloth? I think yes. was his name. Yeah, um, Hrathen Diloth and uh, a slew of nobles, and Hrathen basically using, uh, well, I don't know, verbal. What did we do? Verbal karate to uh, to get them to to bow under his. Uh, or go along with his plans, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it's just that that entire chapter is just them, him trying to get them to to go with him on on this whole taking over the country. Well, converting the country, I should say. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, not not a lot happened. What was that? That was like what six pages long. That chapter. <laughs> yeah, his was pretty short. Um, that's yeah. that's one of them that. Um, runs into sort of the issue of sort of the the book structure that Brandon decided to use. Sure. Um, where he insists on, you know, three chapters, one from each viewpoint character, covering right. about the same time frame. This one I almost feel like would have been better to have the, the preaching on the walls and Serene mm-hmm. shows up and screws it up thing happening in his chapter instead of hers. Well, I, I would I agree like that with that, actually. Better. They probably wanted both of their reactions. They wanted Serene's thoughts about why she's doing it. Because you, you don't know anything about his religion. So you need an outsider perspective. And Serene is an outsider compared to religion. So you have her thoughts, her teachings that she learned as she grew up. Or, or you know, what she was taught in, in her homeland. Um, right. So you, you basically get an interpretation of what he's doing, and then you get his reaction to the scenario afterwards in his chapter, just a short. Um, but yeah, he uh, he didn't take it super well. <laughs> um, he, uh, I mean, did he? I, th- I thought he was actually well, I mean, impressed by Serene. He, I mean, he was, but I don't know, it's... Maybe I just took it differently. I mean, he definitely seems super, super pissed off about it. Uh, but all things considered... Uh, Hraithen. Yes. Okay. Just want to make uh, sure we're clear. Yeah, yeah, Hraithen. Um He seemed... I mean, he did seem impressed. I will absolutely concede that point. But I just... I don't know. Maybe it was the tone of it for me that it just... He really... I, I guess seething is almost the word that comes to mind. But, I mean, maybe maybe I could do another read-through on it, but that's that's what I walked away with. Okay. Um, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and go to your... Uh, your um, guesses as to where any of, any of the new revelations are heading. Well, um... Let's see. I guess Rayadin, uh, I would guess that he's trying to either build an, I mean, he's obviously trying to get followers and, but that could lead a, any number of different directions. I would suppose the most logical will be that he's going to eventually possibly form an alliance with one of the other leaders in the, um, in the Lantris. I'm not quite sure which way he's going to go yet, but I think that that's probably something that's going to come down the pipe. And then 
Let's see. Uh, from there, I also think they're going to continue trying to mow through these books until they find some cure for everything that's going on. And then with Serene, uh, I think she's going to be more or less, cons- well, I mean, uh, trying to, to thwart Harathen uh, at every turn. And then eventually, uh, the both Raiden and Serene will get together in one form or another, and then it will be those two versus Harathen for the grand finale. Again, I'm I'm being exceptionally vague just because right now I that's 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 what I've got. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have you yeah. don't have all the pieces yet. Oh hell no! I mean, what we're one one sixth into the book right now. I feel like you're gonna get a couple more important pieces pretty soon. I don't remember exactly when certain things get told. Sure. And I, I mean, definitely don't know if you're gonna pick up on them, but I believe yeah, the book you're itself is picking up. I don't know. I concur. Uh, I mean, th- definitely more than last week. Um, last week was, I mean, hell, nothing happened. Right. But, well, you have the foundation now, so yeah, you could do a little more with it. Yeah, we're we're heading in the right direction, I think. Um, all right. Anybody have any questions for Seth? Sure, uh, I'll go. Uh, so, what do you think of of Raiden's drawings in in the air? <laughs> like, like, what, like what, what do you think about what's happening there? Give me your thoughts. Well, hmm, I don't know so why he... I don't know why they don't work. Um, I'm, I mean, very clearly there's an answer to this, um, but I haven't quite been able to piece together that little bit yet. And it's, I also, I don't remember how, well, let's see, I guess they said it took him a day to get that good. And, hmm, and that's just an excellent question. I, I'm not entirely certain, to be honest. I, there's a, a lot of different things that I think could be causing this. And I'm not entirely certain where it's headed. So, I mean, it could be, it could be something from the inside, a, hmm, man. I hadn't actually thought, uh, dropped a ton of thought into that yet. So can we, Let's let's come back to that one. All right. And I'll I'll kind of tackle that upstairs while we're going on to some other stuff. I got something for you. Again Hit on me. the the raid in portions. Um Galadon's cool house place. How Indeed. do you think he found it? Ah, that's an excellent question. Um the more I I read about him, the more I think he might have been there since uh, the Sheod. I think he might have been one of the OG guys. Maybe. Uh, That's kind of something I'm playing with. I'm not entirely sold on it yet, but it is definitely something I've been contemplating. Alright. So, moving on to Serene's portion. Yeah. Um, I freaking love the name Mr. Jadith. <laughs> yes, that actually was very I I just yeah. I, I get a warm a warm feeling down deep inside where Yeah. 
where my inner bits should be. <laughs> yeah. Well, anytime you can call a god by their formal title of Mister, <laughs> Mr. it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, then, oh, real um, quick. Real, yeah. Real quick. Um, I did notice. I mean, this is not like it was obscure or anything, but I did that the um, the Aeon that he was doing was Ashay, which is the name of Serene's um, floaty pal. And I part of me wonders if there's a connection there or if that's just a neat quinkadink. Um, so, yeah. I could tell you. It's not really spoilery. Uh, no, no, no. Spoilery. Okay. Uh, Craig, Tori, what do you guys think? I think, no. I no? don't think we should. Okay. This is all about Seth forming his own opinions. All right, Tori, you, do you concur? Uh, yeah, I concur. Okay. Um, not that it matters, but I also agree. All right, fair <laughs> enough. But you don't get a vote. I mean, yeah, I know. to be fair, eventually you'll get to the point well, you, where you'll be able to chat with us about things. You're just not there yet. Oh, I cannot wait for four weeks from now. <laughs> and I know a little bit more. More like four years at the rate we're going. Oh, God. We should change this to, like, six chapters or nine chapters at a time. <laughs> nope. I want it I want it slow. So here's the thing that Seth talked about with us. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with anything. At the end of Rayadin's chapter, when they ask Marishi, what can you do? And he says, oh, I'm a jewelry. <laughs> yeah. And, and Rayadin says, yeah, that 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 won't work. Yeah. <laughs> He's Marishi, an He's an artist. Jewelry making is an extremely useful skill, sir. <laughs> Not any lantras, Sule, Galadon said. Yeah. So, for real, guys, if you ended up in a lantras, what would your skill be? What What can you do? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of doing it. Like, it's <laughs> reading. Yeah. Read, There's reading, just a microphone in books. front of him for once. Like Mike would be the guy in Galadin's basement. Yeah, oh, for I think sure. you were the most uh, of us. You're probably the most well suited for that. Like, I stuff. concur. Um, I like I play video games and work on computers. I am screwed. I, I, I run a hotel and do voiceover. So <laughs> I am equally screwed. Like, hey, hey, can you go talk at that guy for me? I'm like, I got you. Um, okay so something from serene's section that i did want to uh bring up and discuss with you seth is um all right so she pulls her dumb princess act on iodon 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 again and he falls for it and then she pulls her dumb princess act on harathan and he immediately sees through it, but has to play along. Um, you got anything on on that on the the contrast I, between there? Well, um, yeah, I actually there is one thing. I think he might know of her. Uh, perhaps he traveled to her home country prior, or has heard some whispers of this princess. But I, I really think that. He might have some some prior knowledge, maybe. That's yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's about all I had for you. Anyone else? Um, well, if you're ready for that 
question about the drawings in the air. Oh, if you have anything to add to it, man, I really, I just, I, I. We will we'll, we talk in, about it next yeah. week as well. If you I want, think we should, I think we should because I mean, there's really there's some kind of whispers in the back of my mind, but nothing nothing that I I would want to to voice quite yet. It's. I think that's fair. I, I, yeah, I think it's. I mean, I, it's it's an intriguing take on how they're going about it, and I I mean, I don't know. I'm dying to know why it doesn't work. Uh, if there's something missing, if there's something that happened prior, if I mean, he is ever so slightly drawing them incorrectly. It's I I'm dying to find out the why to that and. That is probably going to be the one question that is going to hound me until I find out. All right. So you can think about it. Um, oh, and then will. we can ask you next week. We can ask you the why. Maybe maybe you'll have a theory then. All right, um, perhaps. But I do have a meta question related to it. Oh, yeah. Which is related to maybe other things you've read in the past. And how does this stack up in comparison to describing some sort of magical... Um, system or just just the way magic works like mm. the, the way this book approaches it compared to other books like do you see this as magic hmm that's a good question it's i suppose at present i do simply because they're learning something from books they don't have any i don't recall reading anything that sounds like a scientific instrument that would cause this to ha or cause him to be able to draw light in the air um, I do have to say, actually, you know what? There was one thing, the, the panel on the wall that they mentioned, it's, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was thinking, huh, light switch with a, uh, mm, with a, with yeah. a touch panel. Um, so that, that is something that I did think about briefly and I don't, I mean, if, if I was forced to make a decision, I'd say I'm, I'm probably just, you know, seeing something familiar and going with that, but I... I don't know. It's hmm. I, I definitely am going to be thinking about that probably for the rest of the evening and into tomorrow, trying to figure it out with, before I get there. But it's I, I suppose that at present I do feel it is some form of magic um, if, or some interdimensional. I don't know. It's there. Clearly something has happened. It's, if they say that normal people can't do this, only people who have undergone this change then i mean there's something there that is causing this to be possible for them and whether that is nanobots or um magic or some form of disease causing some interdimensional craziness i i mean i genuinely do not know at this point no i that's fine um so I guess just more moving away from this. Sure. Um, but it sounds like based on what your theory is, uh, so do you think Rayodin's going to be successful in what he's currently planning? The, the more mundane, you mentioned he sure. it looks like he's gathering followers. Do you yeah. think, I mean, he has to contend with, from what we know, three clans, three, three gangs. Mm -hmm. Um. And of course, he already essentially went after one mm -hmm. gangs. Like they stole 
right a person from them. So 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 what do you think of 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 this? I mean, this is not an ideal situation. Oh no! Well, I mean, none of it's an ideal situation. It's um, I'm not. I, I think he, well, the optimist in me wants him to be successful, of course. I, I don't think, I mean, let's see. He's clearly... I love how we, you know, he woke up one morning and he was basically a zombie and we say it's, it's not an ideal yeah. situation. <laughs> well, yeah, that about sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> But I'm kind of drifting off into thought here. Okay. I'm sorry I derailed your train of thought. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's really not that difficult to worry. <laughs> no, I was I was just gonna say if you're if you're about done and it kind of sounds like you are, then let's mm-hmm. let's get rid of you and move on to move on to the good stuff. I feel like I've heard those words before. No, apparently your time with us is not the good stuff. I'm sorry, but <laughs> we gotta kick you out now. No, I mean, okay. I mean, there's more me talking in the later stuff. Oh God, I'm. I'm I'd like to apologize to everyone who's listening from here on out about the more Mike talking. <laughs> you know, Seth can go and play Final Fantasy Record Keeper now. It's true. Actually, I'm gonna go make tacos, and then I'm going to go play Final Fantasy Record Keeper because you know tacos. All right. Well, then enjoy your tacos, and next All week right. maybe your good thing should be tacos. Well, uh, let's be fair. The good thing is always tacos, so we have to go on to a different. I don't know, man. If you would like to just have tacos be your good thing every week, I I feel like that's doable. I'm I am tempted to do this, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for having me. You crazy kids have fun, and I'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good Thank one. You, Seth. All right. Bye. Okie doke. Um, this is my favorite part where yes. we talk about what he got wrong. Okay, so Galadon being an original Elantrian, clearly very wrong. I can see where he's coming from with that, though. I mean, Galadon definitely knows more than he lets on. Oh, yeah, he knows way too much. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I gotta post the spoilers thing. Oh. Whew. Safe. Okay. Well, in case anyone in chat, you know. No, uh, Galadin being an original Elantrian, not 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 a thing. It's not no, right. No. But he did mention uh, as he was talking about his theories that maybe Rayadin was drawing it ever so slightly wrong. Which is both wrong and right. The best kind of wrong and right. Yeah. Um. So he. Um, so what Raiden is actually doing, for, for those of you who care and also haven't read it already, uh, Raiden is, is drawing absolutely perfectly. Like, to the best of my knowledge, he never gets one of these Aeons wrong. In I have a quote later way. on to talk about that. Um, I actually have a quote from the book. But, but he's missing a line that didn't exist ten years ago. Um, so the other thing, the other big thing he got wrong was the Rayudan and Serene team up v Raythan. Yeah, end. I enjoyed that part. <laughs> it's it's the best you could do given who you're setting up as the antagonist and the protagonist of your novel. So it's like, of course, it's going to be our good guys versus our quote unquote bad guy. And I am looking forward to when he gets to the Sanderson Avalanche. 
Oh yeah, I mean, that's that's always the Although, point where, like, on your first read, you just can't put it down. But m- more subtle, it's the fact that he thought. Like my impression when I I glanced through the chapter before our recording here. My impression, and my impression, of course, throughout all of Atlantis, is that Harithan respects Serene. Like, he sees her as a challenging opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's interesting to him. I don't find him to be angry at her at all. He's impressed. He might... He, I, I think he... he yeah, I, I would, let's just say he's impressed with what she does. He doesn't automatically write her off like so many other uh, of the side characters might do to her. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's sort of a shame that he got. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's it's sort of a shame that he got the impression that Harithan would would have seething. I think he characterized it as a seething anger. It's like. I think he may have read some of the Diloff descriptions and like, sort of transpose them in his head to Hraithen. Yeah. Diloph um, absolutely has yeah. a lot of anger but towards Serene. Well, to everyone, pretty really much. Do, doesn't really do angry. No, he, he doesn't do any emotion, really. Yeah. Unless it's cool logic. He, he's he's totally uh, Vulcan. Um, a little bit. Just a little bit. So, alright, are we ready for... Um... Uh, I thought chapter, there was something else. Chapter headings. Uh, I, I thought there was something else that he might have gotten slightly wrong. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm sorry. I, there, I thought there was something else I wanted to bring up. The important one was the fact that our protagonists team up against the antagonists. Actually, it was that Raiden will fix the magic system, which, although he's sort of correct, it's I like that the inspiration later on we find comes from Serene. Which puts it together like, oh, this is what it is, and this is what it's missing. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to predict that either, but it's just nice that there is a lot more interaction between our characters than he would think right now. Because it's very separated. I mean, Serene and Harithan interact a bunch, but Raiden is always uh, apart from the other two. And sure, you see him in Elantris. They always give, like, oh, what are those two people doing on the top of the building there they actually seem like they're not zombies um so it's like that sort of thing but i mean he has no idea that they're gonna interact a lot more Mm -hmm. so Uh, i think we should talk about if he got anything right um i mean and of course that the magic system will get fixed i feel like this week he he kind of fell off a little bit it's like the last couple weeks he was like spot on for a lot of his predictions um, even though they were fairly general and you know overall pretty easy to to do like the magic will get fixed i mean duh if it didn't it wouldn't be this book we'd be reading a different book where it got fixed later yeah um but yeah i feel like he sort of lost the thread a little bit this time yeah i feel like it maybe it's just the the pacing that we did that he sort of missed some things. Could be. But I mean I've I've told him that he's he's welcome to read ahead as long as he takes notes on his first time through. But alright. Um so chapter headings. Uh this week, chapters seven through nine, 
the Aeon is Sheo, which means transform or change. So the Sheod is the transformation. Hmm. Um, and then anybody got anything on that or is it fairly straightforward? No, I think it's interesting. Oh, I always think it's interesting. It's always nice how simple the translations are and, and what they mean. I mean, at the end of Raiden's chapter, he takes on the name Spirit, which is, of course, the translation of his name. Yeah, I've got... So, of course, he's Spirit. I've got that quote in a little bit to talk about on it. Oh, um, I'm sorry. So are we ready to I have a couple then? quotes. Sure. All right. Um. So, my first quote is... He drew a line about a handspan long from left to right, then pulled his finger down at a slight slant, drawing a curved line downward at the corner. Next, he lifted his finger from the unseen canvas and replaced it to draw a dot in the center. So this gives us our first good description of an Aeon. Um, and, I mean, between that and the chapter headings, if, if you've been paying attention, you, you should know what it looks like. Uh, but the big thing well, I wanted I'm hoping to talk about... Sorry. Seth is looking at the back of the book. Cause the, the, the Aeons are there. Right. They're also at the chapter headings. and Yeah. Like, the first... I want to say the first three chapters had just Aeon, Aeon. Yeah. And they do. Um, one quick thing I wanted... To, or not... Actually, this, this may take a bit. Uh, so, the line across the top is the coast. And then the line on the side, the curved line, is the mountain range. The dot in the center I have an idea about, but I kind of want to hear what you guys think. Um, I thought that was a Lantris. I mean, um, the, the obvious no, I... implication is that it is a Lantris, but I don't think it is. I think this predates the city being built. Well, I, I thought they said somewhere in the book, maybe maybe when Serene is telling them about it, that the the dot is the lake... Right, I'm looking at the map now, and there there is a lake that would be in proximity of where the dot is. If I look at the map here, which I know is not the best map, but the lake would be the dot. Uh, my thought, and I actually forgot about the lake existing, uh, my thought was that it was the shard pool. Oh. But the shard pool is in the center of the Atlantis. Right. But Is now it? that you bring up the lake that I forgot about, yeah. I think you're right and I'm wrong. So, I mean, so all of the lines, so the, the coastline, which is a physical geographic thing, the mountains, like why Shardpool, which is smaller and you won't necessarily find it on a map versus a lake, which I would assume you do see on a map. So maybe. Yeah. I don't I, know. I had, again, forgotten about the lake. I do know there's an error in the book itself, which I believe is in Serene's chapter, where they mention Fjordin going, it sounds like Fjordin is from the west, and it's like, oh, they, they never come this far east. Whereas in the map, and I believe the way Aeons draw and everything, Fjordin should be to the east, and this is, of course, far west. Yeah, that was probably just a, a typo, because in, in Hraithan's chapters... He talks about, you know, have you have you noblemen traveled to the east? Um, okay. So yeah, that that was probably just a, a typo. There's we're bound to run into a few. 
Yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, I don't have the newest edition of Elantris anyway. Um, actually, no, on that... I, I had a quote from very close to the quote Mike just did, actually. Um, so towards the beginning of Raiden's chapter, it's the most surprising thing was how easy it was. That's my whole quote. So, um, this yeah, is my, this is, this is my, go ahead, boys, and talk about investiture. Like, okay, so yeah, let's, <laughs> let's talk about how, how air quotes easy it is. Um, so right. you need to be. Because, um, the you know, at, at, at my point in reading the Cosmere, I've, I just finished Way of Kings, and in Way of Kings, they don't really, they don't really talk a lot about how the magic works. They're still getting into it by the end of that very long book. But having gone through the original Mistborn trilogy and through Warbreaker, like, let's compare these magic systems because I mean, all, but... all he has to do is be an Elantrian and draw these pictures in the air. And when he gets them right, it's going to work. But when you compare it to Allomancy and you compare it to Awakening, like, let's talk about that. Okay. Well, so so well, that's one of the things about this system, and and I know it's been said before about how powerful Elantrians are. It's because of how easy it is for them to do what they need to do. But they also have to have, and this is later on you find out when Raiden actually analyzes the system and how there's all these modifiers and things that you could tweak to the different Aeons to do what you need to do. It's complicated, but... At the same time, if you know what you're doing, it's like a programmer. If you know how to program well, you can make the thing do whatever it is you want to do. Um, right. So let's backtrack just a little bit here. Um, so easy, air quotes. So you need to be, um, you need to have the right genetics, as in you need to be genetically from um, this area or from Teod, Um or... Uh, Duladel, like those; those are the three countries where this, where genetically this can happen. You need to be um, near Elantris. Like you need to be within a certain radius of Elantris, physically. Um, the other big thing, you need to have something that you are devoted to, because this is, this is the devotion portion of of the investiture. At, le at least in this region. Um, Cell has regional investiture. It's, it's weird. Um, and then the last thing, and this one is just my speculation, but I feel like it pans out. Um, you need to be some sort of social outcast. Um, everyone that we see that becomes an Elantrian um, is in some way, that, or that we get enough information to actually see any of this on, is in some way like not completely accepted by their by their social group. Um, Rayudin, his dad freaking hates him. Um, he's he's basically a socialist in a in an uber capitalist society. Um, Galadon is a, an intellectual um, who is also a farmer, like he. He became a farmer and and switched from like traditional farming to orchards so that he would have more time to sit at home and read books. Um, 
we don't get a ton of other Elantrians that we get enough information on to, to do this, but I feel like it pans out. Hmm. I, I didn't actually realize that, but it could hold some merit. Um, and now, once you've met all of those criteria, and you're lucky, like that's that's another big thing. Like this is this is random chance. Not everybody who meets these criteria becomes an Elantrian. Um, then, yeah, you can you can draw pretty pictures in the air. Hooray! That's super easy. So what you're saying is it's harder to form a connection, probably capital C here. But once you do form the connection, it's easy to perform what you need to do. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the uh, the the social pariahness might be the the cracks in the soul web that allow the investor to get in in this particular method. Um, so, so I will say that is not official by Brandon Sanderson. That is. Oh, that is always the fan interpretation or what we've read in the books to the character's interpretation of what needs to happen, especially Mistborn, where they talk about you having the, the cracks, the some way that that this is the only way that this, this will happen. I thought that was um, officially... It's not necessarily true. It's just what we've seen, so therefore we're assuming that's the case. I just want to basically put a disclaimer there that we don't know that for sure, and we should not take that for granted. Okay. Um, so, Tori, to, to explain a little bit for you. Um, in other worlds, we see investiture showing up um, after some sort of trauma happens. Um, in On Scadriel, to become an Alamancer, um, the nobility would regularly beat their children nearly to death. Right, get, but that was just to, to snap. snap them into the abilities that they they already had. You, you had they, to. Um, they don't have it until and unless they are they receive this beating. Um, no, I, I was under the impression that they had it, but you had to undergo some trauma to to turn them on. Yeah, the potential was always there, and it's genetic as well as what we from what we learned right. in Mistborn. Um, but later on in, in in the third book of the first era, uh, we see that same snapping happening by just being exposed to the mist. Well, yeah, but the mist was tearing those people up. It was yeah. causing problems. Like right. it was killing one sixteenth of the people, or something, wasn't it? Uh, no, it yeah, was sending I, them I, into into much more dramatic seizures um, because those one sixteenth were um, and some were burns. dying though. Well, yeah, because yeah, I I interpreted that as the mist was taking these people and causing some kind of trauma that was it was manifesting as the seizures, but that the mist was basically giving those people a beating. We'll we'll get back into it once we get there, but the the ones who died were either very young, very old, or sick already. Right, um, because so... this was a traumatic beating. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we move on to um, Roshar, to the to the Stormlight world, and we get a reveal at some point that I think Kaladin is talking to to Syl, and he's like, "Well, I can't be a Night Radiant. I'm broken." And then she says, "They all were." So on on Roshar, it's less of like a physical breaking and more of an emotional one. 
and that allows the investiture to to take hold. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm saying on on sell, uh, maybe it's a social breaking. Well, l- let's not forget now. Now this, you uh, just have breath. Yeah. Well, no, Nalthus. I mean, that's that's a that's a secondary investiture. The prime investiture is the returned. They have to freaking die to become properly mm. invested. Like that's that's a breaking even above and beyond any of the others that we've seen. But people can still do investiture. Use it. They can use breath if you right. know the commands. Right, and that's that's the that's a secondary investiture, and that's. Probably because it's endowment, so like just sort of by by nature, it's a little bit easier to get to get some power. But I mean, this is interesting. Where do you get the idea that this is secondary investiture? Um, like it's just it's just just you assuming. Like I thought you read you're... something on it, but I mean, because th- I think this is interesting. But... but yeah, thought I read something on it isn't exactly you know. Here's a page in a in a book to to yeah I right. I don't know. And once we read Warbreaker, maybe we'll be able to get into it a bit more. But um, I just want to point out that from what we know, yeah, you use breaths, and anyone can use breaths. But that is a good point with the way returned are made, which through a very traumatic event. Well, even just and and again, this is from the perspective of someone who has not finished all of the. Cosmere books, but just in the way the power is used, the similarities and differences are interesting to me. Like um, it, it says in in Miss Bourne several times that allomancy is all instinctive. Like once once you are an allomancer and you have the metals, you can do the thing. It does take training to you know learn to do the thing with any skill. Um. To, to be able to use the pushing and pulling to fly around the city, for example, but burning the metal is instinctive and they know how to do it. Um, and then, but with awakening that, that takes a lot of concentration and, and practice to get the commands, right? Unless that... you have a lot of breath, the more breath you have, the more instinctual being able to command is. Right, but it also, like, with practice, you can do the thing with less breath. Right. I think is what I saw somewhere. So, yeah, yeah. Just, just that it's not instinctive. Like, um, except that it, it actually is, like, explicitly in, in the book. It's the more breath you hold, the better of a the better of an awakener you will be without having to have learned it ahead of time. And the faster to the point where if you have enough breath, you can actually learn new commands. Right. Like when, when the God King got his tongue back for a minute, um, like he awakened the whole palace without probably scary, powerful. Yeah. Without probably ever having actually learned how to do any of this. He just knew it because he had that many breaths. I just want to build on, on Tori's point here, though, is that when we see Vasher doing stuff, like, throughout the course of Warbreaker, I would say, like, in terms of power, it felt weaker compared to an Alamancer, uh, a full Mistborn Alamancer. Um, it's just that the things that you do are small, you have to sort of get it ready, and then it can do something. And he does neat things with his cloak and and 
just being making a lifeless squirrel and that sort of thing. Like, okay, that's cool. But then you see uh, Alamancer going all out. Um, that's also pretty cool. And in terms of power, I would say it seems like a little more power. And then you get Elantrians, and they can just do everything. They're teleporting. There's awesomeness, and it's just like it's it's essentially everyone is uh um. But again, they have to know the right aeons and the right modifiers to do all those cool things. And if they get one line wrong, then you end up with the Riot and the entire city falls to ruin. So, Well, that's only because the city itself was designed using the aeon. So right. it's not like, I think if someone draws it incorrectly, they're okay. Like, well, but, um, unless, unless it's specifically like a healing aeon that they right. screwed up. True, true. Yeah. Like that, that's the specific example we get because that is attempting to physically transform someone. Or teleporting if you get that wrong. Yikes. But I, if it's something as simple as making light and you screw it up. So, so think about it this way. Raiden is drawing in the air and he's basically getting it wrong every time. And all that happens is it fades away. Right now, all that happens, I should say. Right, and that's what should happen almost every time, unless you get it exactly wrong in exactly the right way, and then you get Diloph's wife. Yeah. So, like, it's a very edge case. Um, sure. So, I have a question for you. Well, are we done talking about this? Because I think there's a lot here. I mean, maybe. We, we can circle back to it. This is this is a topic we can keep coming to while we're in Elantris. Um, so, did the Aeonic alphabet, functionally, um, did that come about because these people who had been transformed found out that they could start drawing symbols in the air and make stuff happen, and then sort of work out what they meant based on what happened when they did it? So the Aeons came first and then the language? Yeah. That's, you that's know, it I'm... sort of makes sense. So, Ash... Yeah. We bring up Ash is illumination. And you make this Aeon and it illuminates things. So I could see where it's like, okay, this Aeon illuminates. So therefore, it means illumination. And of course, it just becomes part of the language. However, we've also learned, especially in like Warbreaker and I believe in Stormlight Archives, like just because. So there's certain commands you can do in Warbreaker. I'll, I'll do Warbreaker because it seems easier. We say the commands, but we've also learned that like Vavina has different commands compa compared to Vasher. They're trying to do the same thing, but they can say different words as long as the intention is the same. And it could be the same thing here where since we know Ash, they, they've learned growing up that this symbol means illumination and i want to illuminate things therefore here it is now i feel like that's a weaker argument just because it seems the way the magic system is developed it's based on you know the way geographically how things are shaped so it sort of doesn't make sense it would go that way i would i would say that the main argument against that is that if intent mattered then they wouldn't need to necessarily add in all of the modifiers. Right, right. Um, right, because it's so based on the physical world, I would say they found the Aeons and then it, it made the language. 
All right, I've got a ton more quotes. We've we've barely touched quotes. Um, I have a couple in Serene's chapter. I will say that. Okay, I'm still on Raiden's. That's uh, fine. So I've got the finished drawing looks something like an hourglass, or perhaps two boxes placed on top of each other, pulling in just slightly near the middles. This was Aeon Ash, the ancient symbol for light. Uh, so the thing I wanted to bring up here is that as our first example of an Elantrian attempting to draw an Aeon and make it do something, and then it flashes light and then goes away, having him do Aeon Ash is kind of a, I, I feel like, kind of a bad choice. I feel like it would have been better for him to do literally anything else and then have it flash with light for a second and then go away. Because, just to show us that that's what it does? Right, because this might just be... I mean, this might just be like, yeah, you're you're unpowered, but it's still sort of working as light. So that one that one bothered me a little bit. I mean, I think it's one of the easier Aeons to draw if I look at the... Uh, an easier the Aeon that actually would achieve something on its own. Yeah. Uh, and this is also based on the books that he's reading, too. So it's like, okay, right. so he can, he can draw Edo, which is protection and safety, but that requires some modifiers to actually do something. Whereas illumination is just illumination, right? And if he, if he, well, but you, it also says like two paragraphs later that um, he had spent nearly every moment since then practicing every aeon he had finished properly had acted the same way, disappearing right. without producing any visible effect. Right, and that's so when he talks about how Aishi is actually producing light before it disappears, then. I don't know, maybe that's relevant to things. I mean, that's that's part of it, but eh. I just felt like it should our first <laughs> you don't example just discount it. <laughs> I I that's exactly what I'm doing. I feel like our first example shouldn't have been something that kinda sorta worked. But like we get an explanation. But that makes right sense after, though. It's but... telling us that it's close. It should be working. Like it's the whole impre- it, it's the whole impression we should be getting as readers, which is not oh, everything just stopped working completely. That's not what we have. It's just that there was a slight change, and now these things which should be working aren't working. And you get that impression when he draws Ash, and there's a it, there's this flicker of, like, this should be working, and it almost does for a moment, and then it doesn't. Like, that's a lot better than it says, oh, these just don't work. You have, you have a, a starting point, and you need a starting point from the reader's perspective, so that way they can follow what's going on. Fair enough. If you just say, hey, this is not working, how are they going to figure out the chasm line is the solution, like, later on? How is that going to be, like, that makes sense, rather than this is from left field, where the heck did this come from? I guess the other thing is, as, assuming that one of the books he found was sort of a a primer on drawing Aeons, then for, like, a new Elantrian one of the first things they're probably taught is here's how to do Aeon Ash and it makes light and you won't kill anyone by accident. Yeah, it's a good starting point. Um, Alright, so I have a, my next quote, still in Raiden's. Uh When I saw that first Aeon hovering in the air in front of you, I forgot about everything. The filth, the depression, even my toe. Um, so this, we get just our first hint that like really focusing down on something will allow the Elantrians to sort of forget their hunger and their pains for a while. Right. And 
it should have worked on Rayodin. But it didn't because of reasons. <laughs> well, we could talk about those reasons. Well, the, the reason is that, I mean, the same reason why um, none of the original Elantrians who were transformed when the chasm happened um, were able to fix anything, which is the, the buildup of the door kept trying to get out, which probably destroyed the minds of, you know, the best magicians among them. Right. Like, like almost immediately, and then the lesser ones pretty shortly thereafter. And anyone who may have been have been left was wasn't really in a position to be able to figure it out. So I believe so so the the, the book itself um gives us a timeline of like three months. Like that's how long Harithan has to convert people. However, later on we find out things are actually accelerated and there was never a plan to convert the people here. It was just going to be war, right? But I forget how much time exactly passes. But this is things are happening quickly. And, of course, Raiden has trouble later on. Like, he's reaching... He pretty much reaches the end of how much time he actually has. Yeah, I thought Diloph um, pulled his whole move at about the two-month mark. Yeah, I don't, I don't fully recall. I just remember it was shorter than the time given to Raiden. I want to say two months. Let's let's hold on that until and unless we read otherwise. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can say whatever we want. I think dogs should vote. Uh, all right. Next one is Rayodin paused. Just call me Spirit. He decided using the tr the translation of Aeon Rayo. Um. So that one, I'm just irritated at Rayodin for not picking a better alias. Well, people don't really figure it out, do they? They assume he's dead. Oh my god, they, they were should, always taught though. that. They absolutely should. I know. Compared to everything else that they actually pick up on, it's it's unusual that they don't pick on that. But, I mean, look. If you're told that this person has passed away... And of course, like Serena's thinking that it's assassins based on how the the king is. So it's like, okay, you you assume that yeah, he'd want to get rid of him. He, he wanted to get rid of his own son. He hated his son. He was obviously a thorn in his side. He did not want his son to inherit. So therefore, this is the way to deal with this situation. So you've already made the assumption that Raiden does not exist. And then this guy who doesn't look like Raiden, he has no hair. He looks weird with his skin. Like, you cannot look at him and say, yeah, this totally looks like Raiden. I, I mean, and this guy's calling himself Spear. I mean, these, there's only, like, what? Like, a couple dozen Aeons? Like, I'm sure Raiden might be a common name. I don't know. I feel like it's it's sort of a Superman Clark Kent, you know, he's wearing glasses. He's not wearing glasses. They can't possibly be the same person. Whoever heard I, I of, of someone not wearing glasses? You have to remember exactly how they're described in appearance. Like, this is not a simple change, they're not wearing glasses type thing. They look vastly different to how they would uh, before this, the, their hit. Um, wait, what, what is the, the conversion called again? Uh, the Shayod? 
the so that's that's what happens to the people, the sh- Shayod, or the I think yeah, the, the Shayod. The Shayod is okay. the actual transformation. The Riyad was when it happened years ago. Spell. Okay, so yeah, the Shayod. So when that happens, um, yeah, they, they compared to to how they were before and how they are now. So appearance wise, completely different. Um, of course, Serene never met Rayodin beforehand they, they had letters but it's not like like she's asking in in her chapter what was he like so she doesn't necessarily know his personality the way he sounds but anything she, like she that. actually should know his voice because they communicated through aeon and as we've seen that actually it's oh, basically that's true. a yeah. phone call yeah but does he even sound the same or is his voice changed as well that's something we can't ever really know it's not mentioned and eh? Well, so we'll have to assume that he just doesn't sound like that, or she assumes that he's definitely dead. Why would this guy sound like him? Fair enough. If she, if I feel like it would be pointed out, if he sounded the same, I think she would say he sounds sort of familiar. Like I've heard of heard him before. Okay, I've got one more in Rayodin's chapter. Uh, it's actually quite pleasant up here. You should just sit back and enjoy it. This is Rayodin talking to Galadon. An ominous crash came from the clouds above them, and Rayodin felt a wet drop splat against his head. Fantastic, Galadon grumbled. I'm enjoying myself already. Uh, that one just struck me as very Discworld n- law of narrative causality-ish. I, I loved that also, because it was the last Rayodin chapter where Galadin was like, yeah, you don't want to get rained on. And they didn't mention it at all in this chapter, Yet that's how they ended it. And so I thought it was, you know, a good callback to the previous chapter, but also just. Yeah, they got rained on. Okay. Um, my next stuff is in Serene's chapter. Uh, most of what I have is the running gag of her painting being terrible. Oh my gosh, I loved that. Uh, yeah, that, that's a fun little exchange. Uh, so one sort of cosmere thing I wanted to bring up with that is her inability to paint felt a lot to me like the Harshendi uh, in Warform not being able to paint. I don't know that there's necessarily anything there. It just seemed like a, a very similar sort of thing. So I was wondering if any any of you would bring this up because <laughs> i'm like i i could sort of feel like someone would get that way but i i don't really think there's anything there yeah, like yeah. she just simply can't paint like I, that's just the way she is she has certain skills that's not one of them yeah i, I don't think there's necessarily anything there either um but i did want to bring it up and also uh da, 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 what's that dark spot in the middle of your painting flowers <laughs> um that echoes almost completely with uh, something that Esh and I talks about in Words of Radiance where like they're trying to draw flowers and it's just a blob of brown um, and then like all these beautiful colors mixed together to make the least beautiful one okay so, yeah I don't again I don't think there's anything there I just thought it was an interesting parallel uh, the next thing I have is um so Serene is talking to Lukel, and Lukel is talking about Rayodin, 
and she says he sounds like he was flawless, which I feel like really encapsulates Raiden as as a character. Like he's intended to be. This, he's basically flawless. Yeah, this this perfect so, yeah. superhuman. Um, and the only reason that he doesn't dominate the book is because he has had the worst possible thing thrown at him. So you're right there is actually where my quote is. Um, more specifically, it's when uh, Luke Hill's describing Rayodin, um, and, and it describes like the way he is, how he's optimistic, and he makes you feel happy, whatever. But I do want to point out that um, this part, which is he was brilliant as well. He knew every Aeon and could draw them with perfection. And he was kind, of, and there was also a philosophy thing. But I think it's important to note that here's where we at least get the description that he knows the Aeons and he can do them perfectly. So that's not the hard part. And that is also an indication to the reader, hey, he's not drawing them wrong. It has nothing to do with him like being slightly off with the line. He can draw them perfectly. It's something else that's happening. That is a good I think it's important for us to know. But I do say, like, from a writer's perspective, I mean, this is part of the whole he's telling instead of showing us. And again, this is his first published novel and he definitely Sanderson gets a lot better later on, but we, it's nice when you can always show don't tell the reader about a particular character. But here we're just getting this info dump of how awesome Rayodin is. And I guess, I mean, we sort of see, it's not like, it's like we can't, there's no disconnect because we can see how he acts, especially at the end of his chapter where he's trying to help someone else. Um, and and he does help the people who end up joining with him. Yeah, but I'm yeah, there's just a lot of telling that. here. Say again? I'm looking forward to getting to that when he when he figures out that the, the leader of one of the gangs was actually like this famous sculptor. Yeah. That was a very cool scene. So I mean it, it's a it's a shame we get the whole he's flawless type thing. He's perfect. He just stinks at cards, but he would let you in because he likes that. And fighting against his father and, and all that. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think it's important to note that he can draw the Aeons perfectly. Okay, I didn't highlight this, and I should have. But there is something in here when Case is cursing at them in another language. Uh, I believe Luke Hell mentions that according to... Ah, here we go. Swartish scientists claim that the human mind can only maintain six languages before it starts to jumble them. Um, which I just felt like that was that sort of tied into the uh, the thing that I saw on Twitter recently that I sent to both of you of uh, the fact that some of the world hoppers are cheating as far as languages right. go, um, because just based on the number of different cultures that Hoyd has visited. Uh, if this claim right here is is accurate, then yeah, like there's no way he's doing it properly. He's got to be cheating, which does sort of fit with Hoyd's whole thing. Hoyd is a cheater. He absolutely is. Um, so I have a, a quote near the middle end of Serene's chapter, um, where it's the whole interchange between Serene and Hraithan after, um the people disperse like he, he basically like, you know, he, he gives her a nod of respect type thing. Um, but of course, as Diloff walks by, Ash makes the comment that that one worries me. So again, you get the, 
to note that, hey, this guy that's following him around isn't really up to good. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong here. Like, that one worries me. I've seen such men before. My experience has not been favorable. A dam so poorly constructed must eventually collapse. And, of course, they note that he looks aonic, and it's, like, not, not Fiordo. Right, and that was... that was and Which is always an odd thing, like, he, he doesn't look like the others, and that's also unusual, that someone this, this rabid doesn't look like a Fjordal. Which, which is important later on. If I didn't know better, I would have, going back, taken those as signs that maybe he was a world hopper. Cause he's, he's maybe, but like... he actually does look aonic. It's right. not like... But but yeah, you, you gave that impression before. And that, that's actually... I still like what you said last week about how you can get these different signs, but it's clear that Diloff is not, does not fit that. Not quite like the other world. And, and I don't think you're going to get any world hoppers within Elantris itself. It's too soon. Well, but yeah. of course, we see these characters later on. Um, which that's actually something. Um, later on, Hoyd shows up in this book. Um, and if you have a first edition, uh, he isn't named. But any all of the later editions, they change that to name him. Well, we haven't gotten to that yet, but I'm looking not. forward to talking about that. But I, I'm interested to see if like any of you have have that early edition. Um, so my Corey, edition... you definitely shouldn't because you're doing this on ebook, right? Corey, did we lose you? Oh, right, yeah. Um, I think he was named in the edition I have, though. So yeah, uh, it's, I... it's only the first edition that wouldn't. How can I tell? There's a way to tell which edition I have. I forget how. Um, you open up to the, to the, like, one of the first pages, and... Yes, I'm looking at that. Uh, first edition is May 2005. I have the first mass market edition, June 2006. So I've got, I've got the mass market paperback. I think we have the same one. Okay. Which, which makes sense. Like, they did a, a smaller printing of the first edition because he's a first-time author, there's no reason for them to go out and, you know, print a million books for this guy. But once his stuff sold, then yeah, we can we can go back and do a do a mass market paperback. Um I don't think I have anything else for Serene. Do you guys have anything? I already mentioned mine. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I had anything else. Oh, yes, yes I did. Um when they get to the top of the wall and they're looking down on Elantris and K.I.S. is talking about the Elantrians and how they're already dead. And the first time I read that, it was just kind of creepy kid is creepy. But the second time, when you know that um, the the brother, um, Adian, I think, mm-hmm. is actually an Elantrian the whole time, then it's like, oh yeah, she, she really would know all about that. So it was... Um, yeah, she would know about like, it. Foreshadowing is not the word, just dick. just like, that the kids know a lot about Elantrians. And I don't know, I felt like when you know the ending, that that's very obvious. But the first time around, it they, Sanderson is not beating you over the head with it. Right. That impre- but yeah, she's also kind of being a jerk about about her brother that you don't yeah. know about yet. But like, like, dude, chill. He's He may be dead, but he's still your brother. <laughs> Um, 
And then uh, there is something else I want to bring up, though, and and this is more I don't fully remember because we're we're I've only you know reread glanced through these chapters, and it's something you find out later on. But you do get so 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 the religion that Harithan follows is Shu Dareth. Dareth, yes, and He's of course, Dorothy. yeah, yeah. Look, I'm going to pronounce these wrong. It's just what I do. Okay. Um, the other one is Korath. Is yeah, Shu Korath, and of course they both have the name Shu, and I think it's because they were both like disciples or something of Jadith. Yeah. It gets it gets mentioned later. There there was like this this old uh, Jinduese man who came up with this one unifying religion, and then he had these two disciples that each took it in a completely separate direction. Right. It, but it, my question more is, what do you think this has anything to do with devotion or dominion at all? I don't know. I I'm. I'm fuzzy on the timeline, but I'm fairly certain that they were both shattered long before anyone is alive in any of these in any of these books. Sure. Um, so they wouldn't have any sort of direct influence anymore. Um, and on at least on the planet, well, there there likely wouldn't be anyone who would who would know otherwise. Hold on, hold on. Here's the thing. From what we know, um, Skadriel is one of the only shard planets where humans were made from shards. Usually, they are somehow descended from uh, Yolin, I think it is. Yolin, yeah. Yeah. So, and of course, we just learned from Oathbringer that the humans came from with Odium. Could that have happened here? Well, the humans on Roshar came with Odium. Yes. So could something similar have happened here where Odium brought humans with him? But they came from Ashen after wrecking their planet. Okay. Again, could Odium have brought them here when he first came here? I mean, he, he brought them... Before, why couldn't he have brought them to sell when he stopped on by? Possible, but I'm going to call that one unlikely. So um, where did the humans come from? They were brought there by um, Devotion and Dominion, or uh, they were already there when um, Adonalsium was still around, and Devotion no, and Dominion I don't just, think that's just came case. by and grabbed a world that had some people on it. So it could so so the point is if the if it's from Dominion and Devotion, uh as far as we know, they didn't make them because why would you have this this uh clarification for Scadriel when it comes to, to preservation and ruin? So let's say D- Dominion and Devotion did not make the humans. Maybe they brought them with them, in which case usually you get that sort of information, whatever their names were, the uh, the shard holders usually comes across in, re- in the religion in some way, or at least some kind of information there. Or Odium brought the humans to this planet. In which case, well, that then we have that situation, similar to what happened on Roshar. Or they were already there because there's nothing environmental that would prevent humans from either 
coming there and having lived there for tens of thousands of years or just developing there on their own. Roshar is weird because it's like constantly under like this world-spanning hurricane and all of the all of the native plant and animal life like reflects that. I, I think you're discounting the importance here of what I'm saying. These, like, where the humans come from is actually an important question that's brought up again and again through um, the information we get from, like, the Ars Arcanum and um, the information that we get in uh, the, the, the short story compilation. So, it's, I feel like you, you shouldn't just discount like where the humans came from like it's like oh that's not important they developed here like i'm not, big deal. I'm not discounting like, i think I'm... it's an important question and i think oathbringer shows us why it's an important question to ask i'm just not to discounting assume... i'm just saying that i i feel like them either traveling from yolan or developing on their own under adonalsium is much more likely than odium bringing these people from a different world for no apparent reason on his assassination mission. Well, th that's the thing. I don't, that that's why I think that's important to ask because what if it's not for no important reason? What if he can only travel through humans? It, maybe he can't just go to any planet that he decides whenever he wants. That's just not the way he operates. He needs humans to go somewhere. See, I feel like the answer to any of this is going to have to wait until um, Dragonsteel, which... That's fine. I just want to say there's a question here, and I don't think we should discount it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying we should have an answer. I'm just saying we shouldn't completely write off certain things. Okay. Uh, Tori? Yes. Did you follow all of that, and do you need some explanation on any of the nonsense words we were talking about? <laughs> no. I'm I'm over here looking at the copper mind. I'm fine. Don't worry okay. about me. <laughs> okay. Well, do you have anything that you want to add into it? Uh, no, like um, with you guys getting into talking about stuff with Oathbringer, that's that's past where I am. So uh, yeah. like, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. I'm rapidly getting there. So someday I will have more to say on these things. And regarding Maybe. Odium yeah. on Oathbringer and bringing humans over to Roshar. Uh, I feel like that happened primarily after he was already trapped there. Right. And, I, I mean, it, it definitely they get into all of that stuff after Way of Kings, because this was me reading it on on Coppermind and reading all the spoilers of things I hadn't read yet. Um, it doesn't really come up in Way of Kings at all. No, oh, no. and it's, not it's even not in Words of Radiance. Yeah, it's, it's like one of the big reveals near the end of Oathbringer, so... Spoilers, folks. Yay. <laughs> um, but also, I kind of wonder how much I'm going to contribute to the conversation at all, because I am I am not a reader who wonders about these things. I, re I read the book and I say, oh my goodness, really? Gosh. Um, but as far as coming up with all of these theories and well, personal maybe... headcanons and like... Maybe we can convert you because I, these are excellent books for that. Well, it's we all have different perspectives too, and that that helps contribute in either way. Like I can understand, and 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 part of it is that the fact that this is ongoing. Like so, you know, 
Sanderson is halfway through the first half of Stormlight Archives. So we only have that information. And at the same time, we're only in like the first third of the Cosmere books that he has planned in general. So it's like we're we're going to have to come up with theories just because that's all the information we have right now. Uh, all right. So are we ready to move on to the next quote? Oh, we have more quotes. I have a couple more. Well, uh, let's get through them because we've been talking for a long time. It happens. No, this is good. This is good. Uh, Lord Jadith will rise when every living soul is united. And Great Jadith below. Um, I had those highlighted because I just found it very interesting that the, the terminology they use for Jadith implies that he is underground somewhere and that seems sort of opposite of of standard religion of you know god placement generally mm. you go you go heavenward right i don't know that there's that necessarily could just be anything there of... i just thought it was interesting no it could be something there's because of the investor i mean we we know the elantrin magic in particular is geographically base so it's it's based on the land the shape of the land so and and that that's just a lantern and i think from what we know of the was it directly mm-hmm. magic system how it's like don't, don't they have like the way they grow their bones or something like that right and that right that they sort grow of it in forms and, and shapes and right right uh we also get che shan which is uh the, the Jindui's martial art where they, they basically do like katas in, in specific um, patterns. Forms and shapes. <laughs> yep. So so the point is always forms and shapes. Right. And you also Why would you look at the sky? I mean, I, there's shapes up there too, sure. But I guess it, it just feels more physically oriented. So why wouldn't the god be part of the land? Well, and, and don't they also say in the Emperor's Soul that the, um, the, what's it, the soul binding or the forgery, that's it. Um, yeah. it it's all in, um, I'm pretty sure that they say that you start by drawing a map of whatever that place is. Um, I think it's Maypon. Um, that would track. I need to reread that. Yeah, like I, I think that stuck with me because I I, I read it right after Elantris. Um but I, I think she said you start by drawing a map of the place and just that it all comes down to forms and shapes. Right. Um, so I have one last one. Uh, now, as far as Fjordel recorders can tell, that religion, uh, talking about the Jesker. Uh, faith has been completely wiped out at least in its pure form uh just wanted to bring this up because we don't really ever get anything on jesker i would like to know more uh we get the mysteries which galadon is very vehement that it is not the same thing and that hmm. seems sort of a human sacrifice kind of thing but we don't ever really get anything on on jesker proper which now that I think about it, Galadon might be the only person left alive 
uh, who who knows it. Who, like, so it could be the it. sort of thing we find out later on. So, like, if there's ever a sequel, or if we see him again world hopping, although on, doubtful. To that on the other point. hand, it could be one of the one of the religions that Sazed was able to pick up because of Elantrian world hoppers. Mm, maybe. So I don't know, but the I things would like... I would I wish I could ask Harmony. Yeah, I, I would like Galadon and Sazed to have a little chat. I, I feel like that would be interesting. Although I, based on what we read in Oathbringer, I want to I want to see a conversation between Hoyden and Sazed. Um, I mean, we got we got a little bit. I want to I want them to actually sit down and chat and yeah, us read them. One of the letters I'm pretty sure was was definitely yes. from Sazed. That that was my point. I want to yeah. I want to see an actual conversation because there are questions. I mean, there's answers Hoyd knows. Hoyd knows a lot more than Sezed. Well, I've told you my my theory regarding Sezed, which I guess I should go ahead and talk about here. Otherwise, it's just maddeningly vague. Hey, listen to uh, last week. And... Uh, no, this one we didn't discuss on the podcast. Um, that, uh, and this is, this is getting way ahead of ourselves, um, but that Sezed was... Uh, at the end of Bands of Mourning, um, basically offering Wax his job as Harmony, just because... I, I don't think I got that impression when I first read it, but I, I, do, I am due for a reread, and I was going to reread it once the last book comes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, I'm actually, like, a little more than halfway through Bands of but Mourning. But I do know my first impression was more like, could you be able to do this? As in, look at all the stuff I'm doing for... For people, it's a lot more complicated that than people are giving Harmony credit for. Well, I don't know. My take on it is that Sazed's power as Harmony is very restricted because he still thinks of it as ruin and preservation, as two separate opposing powers. And we know that, like the cognitive and spiritual realms, work pretty heavily based on intent um so i don't know i th I think his thinking was well i can't make this stuff work because i think of them as as opposing each other so i can barely get a little bit out of it if i give it to someone else who doesn't think of it that way then they'll be able to full-blown harmony and i pass on i don't know I feel like I feel like there needs to be more girth there. I mean, he just picked up the shards and only had them for what three hundred years. That's not that much time compared to everything else that happens True, throughout the Cosmere. It feels in character for Sazed to me. Maybe I, I feel like there's something else that's inhibiting him that has nothing to do with his shards. There's some outside force. Is the impression I got when I first read through Mistborn Two. And it it scared me. There's something happening that Sezed is barely holding back. And I'm concerned. It has nothing to do with Odium, who's the only other Cosmere-wide antagonist that we have. Something else is happening. And I'm worried. Well, Ambition was, you know, from, Maybe. from the letter, was, was outright stated to be, you know, Odium's number two person you mean autonomy ambition, ambition was the first was one killed, he shattered right. ambition was killed autonomy is who i meant yes 
Babadin. But that's one shard versus two shards within Sezet. One shard. He should be able to deal with it no problem. Versus two shards that are constantly fighting each other. But Odium is busy. He's not doing anything to Sezet, as far as we know. Autonomy's doing something. Right. I'm, like, I'm saying ruin and preservation are, are still how Sezed thinks of them. And so he maybe. can't. Maybe. If that's get... the case, then he, yes, he could be holding himself back. But again, I don't think I had that impression before. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's false. I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm concerned there could be something else here. But yeah, I agree with you. Sezed and Hoyd need to have a sit down and, and work some stuff out. Okay, so. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, search the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast on Facebook, and you'll find us there. Um, I send out messages about live recordings, and once we once I edit and put out stuff on a on a website, I'll also be sending out you know information about where to get that and how to listen to the actual finished product. Um, we have a Twitter account. At CosmereCast, C-O-S-M-E-R-E-C-A-S-T, on Twitter. Um, same kind of information. You don't need to follow both. You can. Uh, I've been doing posting on both of those. So anything you get on one, you're going to get on the other. Um, I'm hoping we eventually get something Reddit-based, but that, that one's kind of out of my hands. I don't really, I don't really read it. Yeah, I'll, I'll start posting something soon once we get a few more things situated so I can actually link to a bunch of stuff. Um, I have no plans to branch out into Instagram. I don't use it like ever. Um, Tori, are you are you an Instagrammer? Oh no. No, I'm not. That's you, not a thing I do. Are you Pinteresty? I mean, I pin other things on Pinterest. I don't post them. Okay. I, do, I legitimately don't understand how Pinterest works. I just... Well, I've so never, you're an old man. I've never gotten into it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, we're all... Uh, we I, I recently discovered that we are all about exactly the same age. I think Seth might be something close to a year younger than the rest of us. Oh, he's a baby. Yeah. He, him, him just little guy. Um, but yeah. Oh, uh, I am turning 35 in five days. So what you're saying is next week we have a special podcast. So happy birthday to me. Yeah. Happy birthday. Don't happy sing birthday. it. Do not sing the full song. We will owe someone a no. lot of money. It is copyrighted. It is not anymore. It's yeah. o- it's open domain. Really? Yeah. That, that was the big thing that we can now sing happy birthday. It's passed. But we're not change? going to. No, we're not going to. Yeah, no, please please don't sing. But when, when did that change? Uh... In the past couple of years. Hmm. Weird. It was a big okay. deal. It's like, hey, we can use this now. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a big deal. I just apparently missed it. Uh, all right. Anybody got anything? No. Okay. Uh, we should be back to normal recording schedule, which is... Thank you. Uh, which is 6 p.m. Central Time uh, next Saturday, unless something comes up, which... Facebook and Twitter are the best places to get a heads up about that. I usually post um, a day before and then also uh, an hour to half an hour before we start recording just to give people a heads up, which at the moment there aren't really people to give a heads up to, but eh, we'll get there. Um, 
I had a sign-off I wanted to try, but it's dumb, no. so I'm going to skip it. No, disagree. You you disagree that it's dumb, or you disagree that I should do it? I I disagree with the send-off. Okay. You need a, we need a better one. Oh, I, I we agree. We need something cosmere I don't have a better this one This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for more. Perfect. Look at that. Simple. Done. Tori, you're my hero. Um, I know. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.